0: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Font Now Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, a market that... These soybeans, we're going to talk about them coming up here. Um, literally, I would say, on fire in many different reasons. But the struggle comes out of the corn, and we'll look at that and all the other happenings that are taking place in this marketplace, including a question that we have from a listener. We're going to kick off with that. Of course, we welcome Mike Zuzlo from Global Commodity Analytics to the Monday Fontanel Final Bell. And and Mike, last week when we talked, we didn't get a chance to get to this, and I'm glad we can kick it off today because the what we've seen. In in the dairy market with prices and just the struggles that we've seen within the dairy industry we have a beef producer that says is there a chance we could see an influx of dairy cows coming into the beef market
1: I think that's a real possibility Susan and I say that especially since we've been on the air late last week and coming back around and thanks again for having me but we are seeing a real tangible change in the outside markets because of the covid cases and not just cases but hospitalizations going up along with the fact that we're not going to likely get any kind of fiscal stimulus out of this uh congress for the united states and that's probably going to mean quite a few bankruptcies and and companies and small companies restaurants food service agencies uh, anything that has to do with the uh, hospitality and entertainment uh, industry, probably going to suffer quite a bit here as we go into the holidays. And, and you know, this probably couldn't have come at a worse time uh, as we need that consumption to round off this calendar year. So I think you do have to be very conscientious of the cheese market, the milk market, because of what we went through earlier this year uh, and the fact that, you know, USDA, when I looked at some of their dairy forecasts uh, before we went on the air here, they're looking at a milk price it's not much better than last year maybe 11% better than last year for quarters 1 excuse me for quarters 2 and quarters 3 that puts them down about 8% from 2019 so that and the butter price cheddar cheese prices all pretty lackluster uh when it comes to even a, a non covid related uh, plunge in potential demand. So I think that is something we have to watch for. We've had beef imports that have been steadily increasing this year as well. They're probably the cheaper cuts, probably going to be something that the uh, if dairy herd liquidation occurs, it'd probably be something that we would uh, compete against domestically. So the, the hamburger prices and things like that probably would be uh, very susceptible. So that's something we really do want to put into our marketing plan And and like the grains, to give you some actual uh, recommendation, I think like the grains, while I'm not ready to sell cash cattle or cash feeders at these price levels because of a lack of profitability, there's nothing wrong with getting a December or February put bought, uh, known cost bought put in place in case we do have problems after the election or if we do have this COVID spike, create another liquidation possibility for a dairy.
0: Well, you know, and many many beef producers remember the last round. So do our dairy producers, this last round that we had to go through and, and the effects it had in the market. So obviously having that conversation and, and having a plan in place makes it just a bit more tolerable.
1: It does, and, I, and one of the things that I've talked a lot about with clients lately, and I don't enjoy talking about it at all, but we did go negative $40 a barrel in crude oil prices because of COVID and the market reaction that, global oil demand was going to be zero. Well, they, they clearly knew it wasn't going to be zero, but they still tried to price it that way and because of OPEC coming in and cutting production so aggressively and, and the demand f- jumping back pretty nicely, uh, on its own, we didn't need to stay at below $40 a barrel or negative $40 a barrel, not long at all. But, uh, that is not, that was not a pretty thing to go through. And I think it's something where we, we can learn from that and not have to be put in that position. When it comes to the ag sector, especially since some of these prices and the grains are coming back around to really nice profitable levels.
0: Mike, November soybeans had a high today of 1089 and three quarters, finished 1087 and three quarters, and it just continues every day to see it to push to the higher. And before we went on the air, you and I were talking about a positive feedback loop that might be happening.
1: Yeah, what we're seeing, I think, is we saw some recent data from China in terms of what they purchased in the month of September from Brazil. I want to say their uh, export uh, demand, Brazil's export demand going into China for soybeans was something like 50% better than the year-ago levels. And so not only is China buying from us, they continue to buy from Brazil as much as possible. We've got other countries like South Korea and Vietnam also buying a lot of meal. The Philippines actually came in and bought meal from the United States today for an export sale of 135,000 tons. That, I think, because of the fact that if we don't have improving weather in South America the end users decided okay prices are not going to get much cheaper if the weather's not going to get any better so I'm gonna go ahead and buy more and, and buy forward and actually pull my demand uh, forward in terms of purchasing now for what maybe I would have purchased in January or February and when I looked at the export pace that we had and today's export inspections showed us this we had 98 million bushels of soybean export inspections uh this morning by USDA for the prior week that puts us up about 80% from where we were a year ago and a year ago we were only up about, we were we had only gotten to about 40% of our total for the marketing year that USDA was forecasting Susan we're now at almost 80% of the total for what USDA has been uh, has forecasted for the marketing year so i think this positive feedback loops comes from weather does not get any better in southern brazil and argentina on the model maps disappointing weekend rains equals end users come in and buy more and buy ahead and pull their demand forward and and put it in the near term
0: and we know it's just as simple as as one rain forecast can change all of this
1: well it can and we have to remember at the end of this week we have the november bean futures and delivery and the Weekly update that I'm sending out to clients this afternoon. I did an overlay chart of spot Chicago cash beans, which are running at about 1060 a bushel against those lead month beans that you're talking about being so explosive.
0: More coming up. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Hey. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue. With Mike Zuzalo. he's with Global Commodity Analytics, and let's talk more about this weather because it just seems that we're we're seeing some missing on on the weather, especially for our wheat growers. We know that areas of Kansas, Oklahoma, uh, Texas definitely have some dryness. That do you think is continuing to add to what we've seen in this marketplace?
1: Yeah, I mean the, the models are pretty in pretty good agreement for the Southern Plains for the Hard Red Wheat Belt, Susan. That we're going to get some much needed rainfall and snows but we're also getting some much colder temperatures and so i'm kind of on a high alert right now that if these models end up not being correct and we don't get the types of rains that they're forecasting uh... that could actually send us into a much colder pattern a drier pattern we go into dormancy and that really puts the pressure on a lot of winter and springtime early springtime rains before we come back and break dormancy and start to green up because That would mean the crop would be in a very vulnerable uh, situation where it could heave and it could really just literally be wind blown out of the ground with the type of drought conditions we're facing. And so I think this next 10 days is going to probably make or break our hard red wheat crop here in this country. We've got to remember we're at a terrifically low acreage base, and so it's a very concentrated uh, crop geographically. Um, the GFS model is putting almost five inches of rain over the next uh, 16 days uh, between the Oklahoma and Kansas border. So it does look like there's a real good shot because of this hurricane that's coming up and then another system that would be coming up after that. But if we miss those rains or they go too far east, I think that could mean a whole nother leg up in the wheat complex.
0: And we know that all the models and everybody's been talking about how wet it's going to be to the folks in the north. Hopefully it can find an equilibrium for everybody out there.
1: Yeah, exactly, especially for Louisiana, who's just been hit so much with that heavy water from the tropics.
0: Exactly. Over to the livestock side, we had a cattle on feed report that came out on Friday. What's your thoughts?
1: Well, my thoughts are it handled the cattle on feed report very, very well. Those on feed numbers and those placements numbers uh, were well above, I think, many in the trade's expectations. They certainly were above my expectations when it came to the on-feed number, and we're at 11.72 million head on-feed as of October 1, and yet we were able to find a recovery in prices, and the market was able to rally. We noticed that the feeder cattle index and the October f- uh, feeders, which are going off the board on Friday, are now at parity. We have the November futures, which is coming on board as lead month futures at a $3 discount to the feeder cattle index. So what my hope is is that November feeders, by stimulating a buy signal today on the daily chart and looking like a double bottom, can close above 132 and this is pure chart talk here that we're doing right now susan but i think that's really what what it's about given the break in the stock market and the fundamentals looking weaker down the road but if we could close above 132 in the no feeders that to me would confirm a double bottom and a low that would i think allow us to get up towards that 134 feeder cattle index then I would probably reestablish hedges at that 134 135 level, again, maybe in the form of bought puts with the idea that if the stock market keeps going down or the election turns the dollar into a safe haven bid, I've got something underneath me for a market that can frequently play off of consumers and consumption and bad headline news from the retail sector.
0: Can the hogs continue this upswing this week? I think they can
1: if we have good weekly export sales and and that we see Mexico and China are are noted main buyers again. I think we're seeing the pork and bean trade reestablish itself. In other words, the funds come in and buy or sell uh, hogs and soybeans together. We noted that the soybeans were able to make a new high, but the meal was not. And whenever I see that, and I see the hogs jump with the soybeans, tends to make me think that the funds are playing in the markets again. So we can continue to go higher in the hogs. We can go continue to go higher in the soybeans. But I think you've got to keep, keep the demand bull fed at this stage, and, and obviously the weather and the soybeans like we talked about.
0: So we're wrapping up harvest. What is the one thing you want guys to, to think about as we, we move towards the winter months?
1: Well, my main page and my main thoughts on the first paragraph of this week's newsletter is based upon a a, a client calling me saying, I heard a guy say sell this year's crop and sell next year's crop. Just pull the trigger. Close your eyes. And I think that's the that's a really tough thing to do right now. And I think it's a a recommendation that I could not put out um, because you'd almost have to be all-knowing. So stay with the markets. Elevate your marketing plan. Sell profit per acre and profit per head. If you can't get profit per acre and profit per head and you think the market is going to maybe set back or correct, just get some puts underneath you and use those as a short term.
0: What is the best way for folks to get a hold of you?
1: Best ways to call after the so I can get an idea of what your specific needs are, 866 Otherwise, you can go to the website, globalcomresearch.com, uh, globalcom with two M's, And uh, just sign up for a two-week trial, and I'll follow up with you at the end of the trial period.
0: All right, sounds good. Just a reminder, folks, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers on the Rural Radio Network.